0: Ramble.
1: I've been trying to explore ways to increase my creativity lately and listening to audiobooks with Audible has been one of them. I've made it a daily habit to listen to Audible every day for the past few years now and I can honestly say that I found a lot of inspiration on how to tell my stories through the titles I've listened to so far. Audible makes it so easy to listen to because it's pretty much hands-free, meaning I can listen to it as I'm driving, doing my skincare, or even when I'm cooking dinner. I don't need to set aside a specific time because I can pretty much listen listen to Audible whenever and wherever. Finding a new title to listen to is as easy as picking up my phone and scrolling through the app. They have thousands of titles to choose from, and you can easily sort by specific genres like romance, thrillers, or even nonfiction to find titles that pique your interest. Currently, I'm listening to First Lie Wins by Ashley Elston. The main character is Evie Porter, and she has the perfect life, a doting boyfriend, a white picket fence, and a fancy group of friends, except there's only one catch. Evie Porter doesn't exist, it's just a name given to her to complete her mission by Ryan Sumner, her boyfriend. I never want to pause this audiobook because it constantly has me trying to guess what's going to happen next. If you enjoy psychological thrillers that centers around a cat and mouse game, I definitely recommend listening to First Line Wins. But Audible offers way more than just audiobooks. You can listen to podcasts like ours on their platform. They even offer Audible originals like Words and Music. They have musicians like Mariah Carey and John Legend give us personal peeks into their lives as they explain how they bring their creative visions to life on Audible's original series Words and Music on top of that they give raw performances on some of their favorite songs if that's something that interests you i definitely recommend signing up with audible to browse their words and music original series audible members can keep one title a month to keep from the entire catalog new members can try audible now free for 30 days visit audible.com slash rotten or text rotten to 500 500 that's audible.com slash rotten or text rotten to 500 to try audible free for 30 days can you stop audibly eating fish sticks right now? Dried fish sticks in front of my face.
0: Can you stop like drinking water, please?
1: <laughs> I know I made the grave mistake of drinking a whole can of sparkling water. So if you start healing some bubbles, if you start feeling a little burp into your ear holes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! This <that's> just <disgusting>. goes. <laughs> (laughs) I hate that. Don't do that again. That was you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rotten Mango. This week's episode is hosted by, I mean, every fucking week is hosted by me. So, like, you just have to get used to it. I'm so sorry. I know that you guys can do better. And I really thank you for sticking around with me. Hi, my name is Stephanie (laughs) Sue, And we're here with my fiance, Mr. Mango Butt. Now, today's episode is going to be odd. It's going to be very interesting because it is about one of the most infamous, notorious Russian serial killers and i have to say russian serial killers are a whole nother they're just a whole nother game i don't even know what to say like some of them are insane one of them one of them was called the chessboard killer and the whole reason he was called the chessboard killer was because he had this life goal you know how like some people are like oh my god i want to grow up and go to college right he was like i'm gonna grow up and i'm gonna kill one person for every square on the chessboard which happens to be 64 fucking people so he's like i'm gonna go kill 64 people
0: Are you going to talk about him today? No,
1: he was actually inspired by the person that I'm going to talk about today. So I'm going to do him next. Well, I'm not going to do him, (laughs) obviously. But I'm going to do a podcast on him next. So this man, the chessboard killer, was actually inspired by today's topic. And I mean, use the word inspired very loosely. And his name is Andre Chikatilo. Now, Andre Chikatilo is a very interesting person. He was known as the Butcher. The Red Ripper, the Rostov Ripper, the Forest Strip Killer. So he would take these people into the forest. He would strip them of their clothes, and then he would kill them. And so those were the names that he was he was given, which is fascinating because I had a whole list of names that I think would be so much better for him. Oh yeah, the Bonbon bon Killer the what the bonbon bon killer what
0: is the bonbon killer so
1: the whole reason that andre chikatilo goes on killing over 43 different people 43 guys over 43 different people was because he couldn't get a bonbon bon. he couldn't get a boner
0: bonbon bon. yeah that's that my a
1: short s- nickname for boner oh because the boner sounds just really
0: bonbon <laughs> hey, bon is something
1: it's also a dessert. <laughs> oh
0: no, bonbon! Like some people in Chinese use that as uh,
1: oh, as boner.
0: Because bonbon means a stick.
1: But also, you, you, he like goes, that's why the- you say
0: bonbon tong, like lollipop, like oh. stick candy.
1: Don't tell them I say bonbon tong. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you just exposing me left and right?
0: Anyways.
1: (laughs) Oh, Bonbon. Yeah, the Bonbon Killer. Or the No Boner for You. Or the just erectile dysfunction. Like that would be a good name. Oh, the E D killer that stands for erectile dysfunction killer. Because here's the thing. He goes on rage killing fifty three different people, all because what? Because he couldn't keep a boner. I'm not even kidding you. I mean this is insane. I feel like these are the types of things that you think are like stereotypical serial killers. Like I feel like before you get into true crime, you're like, I don't know, why would someone go and rape forty three women and children? Oh, maybe they're just overcompensating for the fact that they have a small weenie. Well he rapes in his own unique way. He rapes oh, he oh.
0: Mm, <laughs> okay, yeah, it. he
1: already knows the story's about to get dark the minute that I said that that's, that's a very interesting phrasing he He has a penis, but it's a knife what? yeah it's weird so we're gonna get into that it's all sorts of weird trust me i mean i don't even i've known about this case for so long and i just knew that i could not talk about it in mukbangs because it has it has disembowelment as one of the centerpieces disembowelment is when someone takes out your bowels so they will cut you open and they'll take out your intestines
0: oh like they're trying to sell your liver and shit
1: yeah but they don't take out your liver so it's called disembowelment because they take out your bowels so they cut at the bottom of your stomach and they take out your stomach your large intestines and your small intestines
0: detach it
1: yeah no they keep it attached to you but they cut you open and they just put it out of your body so it's like laying next to you oh my god and now mind you if you guys have like went to um, any sort of anatomy class Your small intestines and your large intestines, like, they don't really stick together. Like, it's not a heart that you can hold. I mean, it's like piping yeah and they're that?
0: really really long
1: yeah so they're just all hanging out outside oh of you oh my god yes
0: wait so he doesn't kill you
1: yeah so disembowelment usually happens when the people are alive and it used to be i mean i think it started as a form of torture so people would cut your stomach open and you would be conscious because when you get your stomach cut open unless you are in really intense situations you're gonna be conscious for it like you're not gonna be in shock you're not gonna knock out your stomach gets cut open and you see them take out your bowels and then they're just hanging out and then they leave you to die they leave you to bleed out so while you're bleeding out which by the way takes hours you just see your bowels laying right next to you and you can't really do anything about it what are you gonna do so that's why i didn't really say this in a mukbang because like could you imagine right and it's, it's weird. So we have to talk about Andre's childhood because this is probably one of the most unique childhoods. And I mean, again, when I say these words, I don't want anyone to be like, oh my God, she thinks his childhood is so cool and quirky and like unique and special. No, I'm just saying it's very different from a lot of the serial killers that we've covered because it takes place in Ukraine and it takes place at a different time period and a different set of issues. So with most serial killers, you have a lot of sexual abuse as a kid. You have a lot of parental abuse and neglect as a kid and this one you don't really have that you just have a shitty world that was that he was born into Mm. so Andre, he was born in the ukraine and this is going to kind of sound like history class but bear with me he was born into the ukraine during the soviet union and that's when the ukraine was completely taken over by the soviet union so they had complete control and if you know anything about the soviet union they weren't like the friendliest people (laughs) and so they decided to do this thing in ukraine which his name is joseph stalin you guys remember him from history class the joseph stalin so he decides to go into ukraine and he's like you know i'm gonna do this thing called collectivization now if you don't know what that means they still do this to this day even in places like the united states which is like hey if i'm a fucking farmer and you're a farmer and i'm like you know you've got cows and i've got chickens and we've got this land that's right next to each other why don't we just combine the land combine the chicken combine the cows and we will form a corporation right Mm -hmm. and we will share the profits so that's called a collectivization in terms of farming but in Ukraine the Soviet Union did that but Joseph Stalin was like well there's a twist you have to come live on these farms you have to work and we're not going to pay you and you have to give up any livestock and property that you own and if you don't we're going to kill you So there really wasn't a lot of choices, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, you know, Andre's dad and his mom were laborers on a collective farm. So they had already moved into this little tiny hut on a collective farm. And when I say tiny hut, like I feel like I mean, it's like a tiny just a room like I don't even think it had a bathroom in it. Right. So they're living in there and they give birth to Andre and they don't make any wages from their work. So every single day, all day, all the parents do is work on this massive collective farm. And let me tell you, the Soviet Union had really intense job requirements. Like they they did not let you dig around on this farm. And so they would never get any wages. But what they got was this small, teeny weeny little piece of land behind their hut. And -hmm. they're like, hey, plant some shit and eat it. Mm. And they're like, okay, but here's the problem. First of all, the ground is like dead over here. Like this is really not fertilized soil. Second of all, like what about all the other things? Like they would have to trade their tiny bits of food for other things that they needed, such as like clothing and shit and shoes. And so they just were constantly hungry. I mean, to describe how hungry they were. Poor people in Ukraine at the time, they ate a lot of bread. They didn't get meat. They didn't get seafood. They didn't get vegetables or fruit. They ate fucking bread, right? And it's kind of like that everywhere. Like, you eat more bread and rice and all these cheaper grains, right? But Andre didn't have a piece of bread until he was 12 years old. Like, that's how poor he was.
0: What did he eat?
1: He ate tree bark. (laughs) I'm not laughing. It's so sad. Like, it's like a...
0: (laughs) So he just ate...
1: So he would, trees? Go, yeah, he would go up to trees and he would take off the bark and he would like chew on them. He would get the leaves off of trees and eat them. He would just pick on grass and eat grass. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's it was really bad. It was really sad. And I wanted to know. Obviously, this is going to have some sort of lasting damage. Like, I know that, right? But I also wanted to know how that would compare to other serial killers. I don't know. Something about that just kind of, I just needed to scratch that itch. I'm like, okay, like we know that abuse stems to A, B, C, and D. What does starvation on kids, you know, get to? How does it impact them? And so the first thing that I learned is that It really stumps brain development like it's not something that you can fix and i I got into this whole deep circle i mean i don't think anyone wants me to talk about it because it's so dark but essentially that's why you see a lot of low income areas or lots of starving children who never really get out of the cycle and people are like why don't you just like go to school and like work hard and that's really dumb for a lot of reasons but one of the main reasons that it's really dumb is because dead ass when you're born and you haven't been eating and you've been starving since the day that you're born your brain development is just so far below an average kid the same age as you Mm. because when you're hungry your brain does not develop so the brain is the most energy hungry organ in children that's why children they'll go to preschool they'll learn the abcs and then they have to have fucking nap time because they're tired of learning the fucking abcs like they get so sleepy right and it's because the brain takes so much energy but what you need food to get energy
0: Kind of cute to think about. That's why they need nap time.
1: Yeah, because the ABCs. They're like, "Holy <laughs> shit! What comes after D? I don't know. I gotta go to bed." Oh, D. That's not the right word. What comes after Z? I gotta go. N- Nothing no, Z. <laughs> see, that's why they're so stumped. They're like, "What comes after Z?" No one can answer them.
0: <laughs> so they take a nap.
1: So they take a nap. Mm. <laughs> hey! Oh my God! Did you hear about the kidnapping at school? the kidnapping are you about at to, local school are you
0: about to say a joke right now
1: <laughs> did you hear about the kidnapping at the local <laughs> no, school no i didn't oh it's okay they woke him up say so that one more time they woke him up
0: kidnapping <laughs> up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was good <laughs> all
0: right we're all right. going to hell
1: <laughs> yeah okay sorry back on track so it causes that. It causes them to be academically really bad. They get depressed. They get anxious. And it's one of those things where you guys hear about it all the time, I'm sure, is when you're missing one of the more primary sustenances to life, such as shelter, love, and food. Your brain is so focused on getting that, that you need to survive, that you cannot focus your energy on like developing your personality and like becoming smarter for your future, right? And so that's why kids that grow up in these situations, they can't get themselves out of it. So it's not as easy as being like, just go to school, like you'll be fine. Um, so this was what was happening to him. I mean, he was freaking starving, and he just would tell his mom, like, "Listen, mom, I'm really fucking hungry." And his mom, as kind of like a little small story to share with her young, impressionable son.
0: But I also thought, yeah. you know, with starvation, you know, remember the story we talked about? There's also like psychology to the oh. right. Don't don't they get a lot more protective of things? And
1: yeah, so. The, they did a study and I don't know how many people they studied for this but it seemed to be a lot they would study people who had really intense starvation not like oh, I'm a little hungry or like I didn't get brand name food like I'm talking starvation right yeah. as a kid and they even did analysis of them when they were 40 years old and now they are either middle income or even upper class people who are living their lives right and mm-hmm. they noticed that they have this intense sensitivity to a lot of things so they will be a lot more sensitive when they feel as if anything is being taken from them and they do tend to become very very anxious people even when they're in their 40s Mm. even if they stopped living in such conditions like in their teenage years but that's how impressionable you know that's how much damage is done with starving kids wow yeah so it's really intense and then there's a lot of like personality development issues because i mean you can only imagine how protective and how almost different survival mode right you turn
0: into like an animal you just want to survive
1: yeah and then if you can't have time to be a kid like when you're an adult i can't imagine what happens like that's the issue when kids can't be kids like even with other abuse it's the same thing you can't be a kid after you've you know suffered so much abuse and trauma like what Mm -hmm. happens so he was experiencing that and so he's like telling his mom but back in the day in ukraine this was kind of the norm at the time because it was a really rough time so there was this massive famine going on and a lot of it had to do with joseph freaking stalin's collectivization and so around 11 million people were dying and about from the 11 million people around three to seven million of those people were from ukraine so it's not going to be a situation where he's like how come all my friends have food and not me mom you know and so the mom is just like listen you can't think like that like stop complaining stop crying about having no food and then she was like did you know you have an older brother And he's like, wait a second, what do you mean? I've never had an older brother. I've never met my older brother. I've literally, it's just been you, me, and dad in this one room hut. And she's Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 you idiot. You had an older brother by the name of Stepan. No, I loved him so much. It was just a shame because when he was four years old, some neighbors creeped up into our little farm. and They snatched him. They kidnapped him. And he's Mm -hmm. like, what? Why would they kidnap him? And the mom says, because they were so hungry and they ate your brother. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah uh-huh and now this is where this sounds
0: like a scary bedtime story i know
1: and i'm like do you just real? that's the thing we don't know there is no way that we can find out because the soviet union also was very fond of like just um putting a bunch of records into fires and just blazing them up so we don't really know if stepan actually existed if he was kidnapped at four years old but we do have the context that that might not be the most alarming thing that could have happened during this time
0: and why did amon tell him that
1: so as to kind of like be like you know what we get it but like get over it because your brother's dead <laughs> mm. and i'm not laughing i'm just like what kind of parenting but i also have never been a parent nor have i been a parent in that type of time right yeah. and so she was just like you need to stop bitching about it and this is what life is because your brother's dead and so this left a very big impression on this young boy because first of all you never want to know that you had siblings that you could never meet because they got eaten by your neighbors. <laughs> We're not laughing. It's just like, what the fork are you saying, this right? Yeah. And so he becomes really sad about this. And then it's about to get sadder. So World War II begins. Like imagine being born, and then they're just like, hey, welcome. So, anyways, we've got a world war going on. And so World War II begins, and his dad gets enlisted to join the Red Army. So I'm like, oh the Red Army. Okay, that sounds like the Soviet army, like red, right? And then now I looked it up and it says it's just a division in the Soviet Union army for the workers and the peasants like you can't even join like the regular army like that's how crazy it is so he goes into that division and he immediately gets a little bit injured in combat and he gets taken as a war prisoner now this is going to cause a lot of trouble for this family later on because well here's the thing he got taken by some nazis (laughs) which i feel like even saying that word i'm like i haven't said that word since high school am i allowed to say that he got taken by nazis and they didn't really hurt him like he wasn't missing any limbs he returned after the war in one piece and everyone was like then you must be a traitor like there's no way that you and you know especially because the soviet union went down right there's like there's no way that you just were fine you know yeah like wow. there's no way unless you did some shit with the Germans so they just kind of shunned him nobody he never got in trouble thank goodness like with you know other Soviet Union soldiers or anything like that but they just kind of shunned him they were just a disgrace so then all of a sudden while the war is, war is happening his dad is you know away as a prisoner he's not home he's not coming home he's not gonna visit anytime soon the Nazis end up occupying Ukraine and this is gonna be real insane because the Nazis are not known to be like really nice guests you know and so they Come in, and they start just bombing shit. They're starting to like start fires everywhere. They're shooting people. They're raping people. It was fucking nuts. Ukraine had it really, 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 really bad. It was devastating on Ukraine as a country and for all of the people. And so him and his mom would they they would hide in these ditches when any of these things were going on nearby. And I, I I was curious, like why would you hide in a ditch? Like we get it, you have a hut, but like why don't you live in the hut? Like why don't you stay in the hut when you hear a shooting? Why don't you stay in the hut? It seems safer to be there if there's you know going around people are bombing things why go into a ditch now from what i could gather it's because a lot of soldiers love to go into huts and rape the woman inside
0: yeah isn't the ditch also um hiding
1: yeah so you don't get fine. yeah so they're like hiding yeah very devastating um it gets even worse um so they're sharing this single bed and just imagine like your dad's gone you're hungry The war is happening. But Andre had more problems. He was a chronic bedwetter and he had to share the bed with his mom. And so every single night they would get into bed and she'd be like, you better not freaking pee. And sure enough, he would pee. And she would beat him and she would berate him. I mean, his mom was known to be very harsh and unforgiving. His dad was actually known to be more of like a kind, warm-hearted person. But his mom was a little bit, um, she just was not very nice to him. And it got a lot worse because his mom ends up getting pregnant. Now, remember what I said? The dad's not coming home? This was not what? her dad's baby. And she did not have an affair. Now, it's... It is a speculation, but it's pretty much most people do believe, you know, everyone in Russia believed, too, that she was raped by a German soldier. Oh. Yeah, because it was wartime. A lot of Ukrainian women ended up having... Right, Children. right, right, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a daughter by the name of Tatiana, right? And here's what's also interesting. There's a massive speculation that Andre was forced to watch his mom get raped because most of the women got raped inside their huts, and we can only assume that that's where she was raped, and it's a one-room hut. Like, there's no way for him to go. And soldiers at the time were not really the type to be like, oh, my God, there's a kid in here? Like, sorry for intruding. Like, I'll just see myself out. So that might have been his very first documented occurrence of massive trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And then he starts going to school. So we're like, okay, like he's going to get an education. Maybe this story is going to turn around. Like maybe somewhere there's a glimmer of hope. But there's not going to be. So he ends up going to school and he's wearing these homemade clothes. And this is the issue. So I didn't really know about this until I was in like middle school and I know people are going to judge us but I feel like when you're young you just have a curiosity right and when I was in middle school no I think I was even younger like elementary school I remember going to church and they would have all of these like flyers out and they'd be like please donate like look at these kids that are starving right and so all of the parents would be like sending in their donations and the reason that they have these pictures is obviously to compel you to donate because how can you look at that kid and be like no thank you right and I remember seeing they still do that
0: (laughs) yeah
1: and i remember sitting there with all of my young friends and the one thing that we noticed is that wait like some of these kids and we weren't saying this in any other way but like just pure child curiosity of like i don't understand something right which is some of these kids in the pictures they were so thin everywhere but they kind of had a protruding belly do you know what i'm talking about let me show you a picture It's actually a situation that happens a lot. There's two different situations, right? Uh So you have one where there's just a calorie deficiency, which Mm -hmm. means you will see what you kind of envision in your head of someone just being all bones, right? That's They just don't get enough calories in the day. Now, with this one, they get calories, but they get them either from sources that are not normally processed by the human body, such as tree bark and leaves and stuff that normally your body is not used to eating. And you also have such a lack of protein that your stomach just like starts doing some weird shit, okay? Like bacteria in your stomach starts going haywire and you end up with a very swollen feeling belly and a lot of the times that belly can be quite painful right
0: Got it.
1: so the rest of you could be very very thin and frail looking but then you have this little belly and this is important and a lot of it can come down to fluid retention too anyways so he has this condition so he's been starving and he has no protein in his stomach so he's got a swollen belly and he's got swollen ankles and he's got a swollen feet which is also another side effect of this starvation right and once he gets to school I mean the other kids they really were not eating a lot either um they were all kind of starving but of course with every school there's different people in different households and different things and he starts getting bullied because he has a swollen belly and everyone's like why do you have that belly and they just started laughing at him and to make things worse as they were bullying him there'd be a lot of times where he would faint
0: Oh my god! So
1: he just was so malnourished that he would just faint nonstop. Like he would faint in class all day. Like the bullies would yell at him and then he'd faint and then he'd walk home and then he'd faint and then he'd faint at home. Like he was just fainting nonstop, right? And he was also very weak. Like he was not the type to be like, you better shut the fork up, you little bits, right? He had really bad self-esteem. So he ends up starting to read at home and he's like memorizing data. Like that's his favorite thing. He loves to get books and like memorize the shit out of books. And it's interesting because he has bad eyes he has poor memory and he has these massive headaches but he still became the editor of their school newspaper by the time he was 14 he becomes the chairman of a student's communist party um what? i know that's really, really i mean ahead. i guess
0: at those times that's the type of um newspaper or yeah things you would do around yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, and then he was the first one in his farm collective to graduate high school. So everyone's like, okay, like shit, like you're going to be on to something. Like you're going to go do some good things. Good for you. So Andre's like, you know what? That's true. So he's 17 years old and he's about to go into college, right? And he just can't get a boner. Like all of his friends are talking about boners and he just can't get a fucking boner. And he's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get a boner? I don't understand this. Like they're talking about their bonbon and I don't have a bonbon. And so he starts getting a little bit angry. Now in that anger her sister Tatiana had her friend over now her friend is like 11 years old right and so she sees Tatiana's friend and Andre's like you know what I'm so pissed off I'm gonna punch her so he walks over to Tatiana's you know friend this 11 year old girl while he's 17 years old and he slams her onto the ground and is trying to punch her and she's like screaming and trying to get out because she's like why are you wrestling me to the ground like get off of me right and while she's like flailing her arm arms he ejaculates
0: i don't know how to feel about
1: yeah i know i was like do i need to reiterate because he has no reaction to this
0: okay so this is like when one of those serial killer yeah oh my god i killed this person i get this extreme high no not yet i know i know but that's like the starting point for him
1: yeah so he this was his first first sexual experience first 17 years old he couldn't get a boner he couldn't ejaculate till he was wrestling that 11 year old girl so he's like i'm just gonna go to college so he applies for the moscow state university which is a great school moscow is you know the center of everything and he gets denied and he's like holy shit now this is how crazy it gets even though that the truth of it was that a lot of people scored a lot higher in these tests than he did he thought it was because his dad was a shame to the country He felt like, you know, it. it was like an inside job. They were like, nah, his dad was a traitor during the war. So denied.
0: So he didn't think that was his problem.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. So he's like, can't be me. And so he ends up going to like a vocational school and he becomes like a technician and he starts dating this girl. And this was his first relationship and it lasted so long. It lasted 18 months. Now here's the issue. Every time that they tried to have sex, which is on several different occasions, he could not stay hard. Like he would get a little bit of bun and then it would boop. Go so it'd be like, Oh my god, hello, I'm here. Okay, just kidding, I'm gone. Then leave, peace out like he would just leave the boner would leave and so finally after 18 months she was like listen i love you so much but i'm ready to live my life and i'm really ready for some dick so i gotta go um no really so she leaves and then he's like you know what i don't need women i'm just gonna join the army so he really tries it seems to like kind of take his mind off of the fact that he can't have a boner and so he's like i'm gonna join the army so he ends up joining the army he works for a division of the kgb at one point which is like the cia of the soviet you know the soviets can i say the soviets i don't know anyways so he's there for a couple years and then he goes back to the village so he's like you know what fuck this the city life is not my vibe i'm gonna go to the village so he goes back to his hometown and he's hanging out with his mom and he's hanging out with all these people and he gets acquainted with the divorcee so she had just recently got divorced and she was beautiful and she was so nice and they start dating and they're dating for about three months and they break up because of his erectile dysfunction i mean she's so confused so this divorcee she goes up to all of her friends in the village and And she's like, listen, I don't know what to do. Like, I really, really love Andre and he's perfect and he's so caring and he's so intelligent, but he just can't get a boner. And so then the the girls, her girlfriends are like, oh, my God, like, you know, you should try this like tea that my mom does, you know, Mm -hmm. it should help with the ED. And then later they go and talk to some other girls about it and then some other girls. And then it becomes the talk of the town. That he can't get a boner. Now, oh, this, boy. yeah. So he gets so ashamed that he tries to hang himself. And as he was hanging from the noose, his mom and his neighbors they see him and they save him. They take him down and they're like, "Holy shit! Like, why would you do that? Just because you can't get a bonbon? Like, go do something else with your time, right?" And he is like, "Here's what I got to do. I got to move out of here. Like, I cannot live in this village anymore. Like, anyone that looks at me, they just see soft. They don't see a person. They don't see a human. They just see a soft pee-pee. They don't." Don't see me for who I am. And so his mom was like, okay, I support you. Like, go do your thing. And so he moves out and he goes to this town. And Tatiana ends up moving to that town later and marrying someone. And she's like, you know what, brother? I'm going to find you someone because you are too lonely. I'm going to get you a wife, okay? Don't you worry. So Tatiana, his little, younger sister, within a couple years, finds a wife for Andre. And they end up getting married. It was an arranged marriage. They had only known each other for like two weeks. Now, prior to this, his wife knew that he can't get a bonbon. So she was like, I'm okay with it. Like, it's fine. Right. And so they get married. And the way that she gets pregnant, because they end up having two kids, is that he would. Yeah. He would go into a different room and he would somehow force himself to ejaculate. Uh And then he would bring like the sperm in his hand and he would just stick it up her. Wow. Yes. So. Yeah, he ended up getting her pregnant twice. So they have a daughter and a son together. And he's just living his life, just family man. He even gets a job as a teacher. Now, this is where shit starts to get real nasty. So he starts working at this school. And he's these students are like high schoolers. But this school is interesting because it's also a boarding school. So some of the people are locals and the kids will come. And then a lot of the kids, they sleep at the school. Like, there's, like, a dorm section, right? And so he's super knowledgeable in what he teaches, but he's just mocked by the students. So some would say that he's kind of an ineffective teacher because, like, he can't even control the room, right? Mm. And he just really gets really into just... um all the female students so his first incident happened inside the school pool where he swims up to a 15 year old girl and he starts grabbing her boobs and he starts grabbing her genitals she screams and she's trying to swim away from him and as she's struggling to swim away from him he ejaculates inside of his swim trunks So then he's like, wow, this is really like sexually gratifying. So then right after that, he gets into his second issue, his second assault, where he locks another girl student into his classroom and he starts groping her all over the place. And she starts struggling because she's like, what do you what the fuck are you doing? Right. And then he ejaculates. So then he was like, this is good. Now, what's insane about this school is the fact that teachers would literally fellow teachers would see Andre the teacher touching himself while he was looking at female students and nobody would do anything about it like nobody reported him nobody was like hey maybe you shouldn't be working here and you should be in jail nobody said anything and then it gets crazier they give him the job of going to all these dorms at night and making sure the students are inside their dorms because it's not college it's high school these are high schoolers who need to be accounted for so he would go into the dorms at night make sure everyone's in there and he would stay in the girls dorms to see if he could peeping tom them while they get undressed like he would hide in their closets and shit yeah
0: what the fuck
1: yeah and then he got fired eventually after he did this for like a year he got fired because they caught him trying to rub up on a student like he his other kink that he has and i don't want to call it a kink because it's a crime is he has something called i think it's called like fauterism or something i can't believe there's a word for it that's how forked up this world is where you go up to someone and you rub your Genitals like even when you have clothes on all over that person So it happens a lot on buses
0: Oh like dry humping.
1: Yeah so you will go up to a random person and you'll just rub your genitals all up on them but he tried to do this to his underage students so then that's when the teachers were like listen we're not going to put you in jail but like you should resign you know we got a lot of complaints that you're you know assaulting our students and he was like you know what I will resign so he resigns and he starts working at a new school and then they get multiple reports of child molestation and he would molest both genders so they were like you gotta go so he gets fired this time and he's like you know what i'm done working with kids they don't listen they don't like me i'm over it so he ends up getting a job as a factory worker so he's a supply clerk now this is very pertinent because that means he has to travel all throughout the soviet union to purchase materials honey i want yeah. you to tell them about my new assistant
0: <laughs> your new what
1: my new assistant so my fiance introduced s- me oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> have you guys heard of grandma lee
1: <laughs> hold on that's my line (laughs) my email game is horrendous and i would i would like to say if i can speak on your behalf yes Sure, yes Both of our email games Our email skills are horrendous So I have trouble with tone I have trouble with making sure That I don't put in these words That I usually use when I'm talking Like like or essentially Or like because uh, Every two seconds My fiance has trouble with Lots of grammatical errors Because it's just all up in there, right? And so we use Grammarly On an every single day basis It's amazing So it's a digital writing assistant That helps over how many people? Freaking 20 million people more than 20 million people. That's insane. That's Is that insane? In- <laughs> he said, That's insane. Graham really helps over 20 million people put their best words forward. Wow. Whether you're writing an email to your professor or to your boss or on a Google Doc, Grammarly will not only check for spelling errors, but it'll also check for grammatical errors. And that's just the free version. I use Grammarly Premium and holy cow, it has changed my life. So it helps me elevate my emails and it makes me stand out. I have really hard time clarifying my sentences and I need someone to help me make them clear, concise, and just crisp. And Grammarly does that for me. It also helps you avoid overused words it replaces boring bland we don't want boring basic words okay and it replaces them with effective exciting words your professor is going to be shook and if you're a student it also helps check for plagiarism is that not nuts honey
0: it's nuts
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's nuts we tell you so if you guys are interested in upping your email game like i have and using grammarly every single day like i have
0: and it's not just email it does everything yeah
1: so it does google docs it does text messages which is insane because if you guys know me i love to just think about my text messages for like five hours straight you can put it on your facebook messenger too so make sure to get 20 percent off of your grammarly premium when you sign up at (laughs) grammarly.com rotten mango what is that honey
0: it's Grammarly. dot com slash Rotten Mango. What
1: percentage off is that, honey?
0: Twenty.
1: And how do you spell Grammarly?
0: G R A M M A R L Y.
1: dot com slash Rotten Mango. <laughs>
0: I'm sweating.
1: <laughs> Was that your first sponge ever? No
0: first time spelling
1: because <laughs> grammarly does it for you <laughs> let's get into the murders I'm sorry I had to interrupt with that quick moment because yes murders are interesting but you know having good emails are is just as interesting honestly murder number one this is when he really starts ambing shit up in this town that he lives in he decides to secretly purchase a second home now this second home is like kind of like another hut like it's not really a home it's not like really like a Kanye West situation where he's got like 20 homes you know 25 sitting on 25 mil that's drake so he has this home right and he wants to have this home so that he can assault people in it that's his game plan i mean it's weird because he can't get a boner but his dream is to just go around raping girls so he's like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy this house i'm gonna feel confident and i'm gonna rape a bunch of girls and so december 22nd three so days that's
0: that's when he's switching into a full-on criminal
1: yeah so he's like you know i love groping these girls at school these underage children at school but i want to rape them yeah no he wants to rape them okay yeah so he's like i'm gonna rape them so he finds this young little girl by the name of yelena and she was um when i say young she was nine years old what yeah
0: holy fuck He's fucked up.
1: Yeah. And so he lures her to the secretly purchased house and he wants to rape her because that's his game plan. This is his rape house. This is where he's going to rape all these girls and these children and these women. But he can't get hard. And he gets so mad that he can't get hard. He's like, what the fork, right? And instead of really diving deep and going to see an erectile dysfunction doctor after this moment so that he can go on with his plan, he decides, no, this is not cool. This is not okay. And he starts to angrily choke the nine-year-old girl until she's knocked unconscious. And then he starts stabbing her three times. And as he's stabbing her in the chest with a knife, he Ejaculates. Wow. And so after he ejaculates, he realizes that she's still not dead. So he's like, oh, shoot. So then he strangles her some more, and then he throws her body into the river. Now, what's very interesting about this dude is that he really barely makes any effort in covering up the bodies. Like, he does not really try to make it so that it's like, oh, it's never going to be me, right? Because even with his first murder, there was so much evidence. So there was evidence that there were specks of blood leading away from his house that he had purchased. So there's like little drops of blood. So everyone's like, oh, there's like a little bit of blood there and you just found a girl in the river like could that be the girl and the police were like nah and then the neighbors they were like oh no we saw him that day the day that the girl went missing we saw him and i don't think he was alone and the police are like nah and then to make it even crazier a bunch of eyewitnesses were like no i saw a man that looks exactly like andre and we saw him at a local bus stop talking to this young girl and the police are like nah
0: with the police?
1: because they decided they wanted to arrest someone else so they arrest a guy by the name of Alexander and he's a 25-year-old laborer and he was already he had served for rape and murder of a teenage girl and my question is how do you serve for the rape and murder of a teenage girl you should still be serving like you should still be in jail but he was a free man and so he gets arrested because of his you know background his criminal record and they search his wife and his wife was wearing this sweater and it had a little bit of blood on it now that blood matched yelena's blood type so back then they couldn't really match the blood like dna analysis but they could find out the type of the blood so if it was like oh yelena is type o blood and the wife's sweater has type o blood then it's like oh my god that could be yelena's blood now what's interesting is yelena and alexander's wife who the sweater belonged to had the same blood type that's fucking crazy
0: and to them that's done close yeah
1: they were like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if you were cutting a cucumber and accidentally sliced yourself because that is the same blood type as Yelena this blood type thing is going to drive you so insane later on in this story so then they have this huge trial for Alexander the 25 year old and he has an airtight alibi his wife is testifying saying literally we were home together the entire day his wife's best friend was over at their house the entire day and the police say listen We're going to put your wife in jail for an accomplice to the murder of Yelena. And we're going to charge her friend with perjury for lying on the stand. So he's like, well, I don't want that to happen. So he confesses to the crime. And then the trial happens. And in front of the judge, he says, listen, I retract my confession because I was, I mean, I maintained my innocence. I was forced into confessing.
0: And throughout all this, what was uh, Andrea's response or...
1: Nothing. He was just going home to his wife and kids and hanging out, being an impeccable family man. That's what his wife would say about him. Just a really good family man. Wow. And so he was convicted and sentenced to death and he was shot. Oh my
0: God. God, that's two lives on his hand already. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, well essentially what happened is he was sentenced to death and then they were like, no, actually we're not going to kill you, we're going to give you 15 years in prison and then Yelena's family was really pissed off, so then they retried him and then he was convicted again and then he was executed via a firing squad Now, firing squad is also very interesting Wait, wait,
0: wait, why why did they retry him again?
1: Because Yelena's family is like, how are you going to let him off? And the judge was like, well it's because he retracted his confession and that was all the evidence that we had and Yelena in his family because their nine-year-old was murdered was like that's not good enough like no and so they put up a fight and i am not blaming elena's family because i can only imagine the pain that they're in right and so he gets a retrial he gets convicted and then they execute him via firing squad now firing squad is really intense so the way that they do it is um you don't aim for the head right they get a bunch of military people they line them up and then usually there's a couple victims it's not even just like one person and they're all standing there turned around handcuffed and they have this paper target on their chest. And they don't aim for the head because they don't want any disfigurement in the face so that they can be buried with their families. Right. And it's just insane. The reason that they do it is because you never want to know who gave the lethal shot. But that's where it gets bad. They're just like firing nonstop. And then someone y'all stop and they stop. But that doesn't mean everyone's dead. Like someone could literally be feeling all of the bullets and just be laying there. That's when the sheriff will go over and check if everyone's dead. And if they're not, he'll do a mercy killing and shoot you. I'm like, that's the worst thing ever. This is
0: crazy. This yeah. is freaking crazy. Yes. The reasoning behind people doing this is everybody, let's do it together. It's so a party. What a solution to yeah. a problem.
1: So also I think it's like the feeling of like nobody's blood's gonna be on your hands because right, you don't right, even right. know.
0: But what what it what a solution. Yeah. Like what like that's insane that somebody came up with this yeah. idea.
1: I think it's worse. I'd rather be okay, this comes from a very privileged You know, position, but I'd rather have a guaranteed. Like, I'd rather be one person next to me being like, you're guaranteed going to die, other than like, oh, you're gonna maybe have 10 bullets in you. We don't know. Well,
0: yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I just. Who wants to be shot by 10 people? (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's that's how they did it. Wow. Yeah. And so obviously, Alexander is getting died. Like, he's dying from this firing squad. He loses his life. And I mean, I don't necessarily know if I can say an innocent life was lost. You know, but I will say he did not deserve to die for a crime that he didn't commit. Maybe he deserved to die for the other crime that he committed. But that's a different story. Right. But also, how do we even know he committed that crime now that we know that the police system is so forked up right now? And all while this is happening, Andre is going around and he's like, wow, I just realized something. That when I stab someone, I've got the best ejaculations that I've ever had before.
0: Okay, so he became a stabber.
1: Yeah. And the way that he escalates is unlike any other I've seen before. It is Devastating what he does, like the way he escalates. Usually, you see a difference in serial killers since their beginning, and then you have this like middle ground where they're like, you're like, Okay, this is their pattern, this is their MO, and then you have the end where they get real crazy, and usually that's how they get caught because they get so risky, right? And it's just too often and too many people. But for him, the escalation on just the savagery of his crimes is insane. So the second murder happens to a 17 year old girl by the name of Larissa, and Andre's walking out out of a public library and he sees her at a bus stop and he's like hey do you want to go into the woods and like drink this bottle of vodka that i have and she was like sounds good right so they walk into the woods together and then he throws her onto the ground and he rips off her clothes and again he couldn't get hard and he gets so mad he's like why the fork can't i just rape someone like hello that's all i want like maybe i could stop killing if i could just rape people Um, not really good logic, but you get it. And so then she's screaming and he's like, oh, come on, like I can't focus with you screaming. Like I need to get hard. And so he grabs a bunch of mud, which will then become a pattern that he has. And he shoves the mud into the victim's throat so that she can't scream. So she's got all this mud in her mouth now and he starts beating her and strangling her because she keeps screaming. And then he feels this insane need to mutilate her. So, I mean, he was just exiting a public library. I don't really think that he had any intention of killing someone that day so he didn't have his knife on him he couldn't stab her he couldn't really do anything and so he's like what do i do what do i do and so he uses his teeth to tear her nipples off
0: holy fuck
1: and then he strangled her until she died and then covered her body with leaves and branches. Like, I'm telling you, he didn't even try to cover it up like that, which is very odd. Like, it's almost like he didn't care if he was caught. I mean, I don't understand what that could be. He just didn't really go through any extremes to make sure the bodies weren't found. And by the way, he left ejaculation, like semen, all over all the bodies.
0: I yeah. wonder do you think this has to do with his mom that was uh, raped? Oh. You know how like...
1: And maybe that's why he can't get an Maybe that's direction? why he seeks
0: such extreme... That image was so... Mm. What happened to mom, Her, uh, his mom was also very violent and very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And that was his first impression of sex or whatever. And that just left a trauma on him and he never got it fixed huh. he just proceed. that down is this so path, scary right you know,
1: it's so scary because i mean i guess that's why with these issues some people become serial killers and others don't and most don't because i feel like the human brain naturally you experience such trauma you never really want to do that trauma or yeah. be involved in any way, right? Yeah. And that's why most you know, people who are abused as kids don't end up becoming serial killers or abusers, right? Yeah, yeah. But there are just a select group of people, I guess, that. Or there's, some you know, reason, like some,
0: to him, it's like there's events keep egging on oh. him to become someone so extreme. Because he started with just pushing a girl down the street yeah. and then coming up to someone and grabbing them and this and that. And Oof. now he's like, what?
1: Yeah. No, it gets nastier. And then there's something with the eyes. So then murder number three is kind of a momentous one in the sense that something starts changing, which, I mean, I say momentous because this really helps investigators. When there's a different change, that means either the serial killer themselves are going through a change or something's happening, right? He is traveling on a bus and he was going to go get some vegetables for his family when he sees a 13-year-old girl by the name of Lyubov. And he's like, oh, well, she's very pretty. And so she was walking home too. And he decides to go ahead of her and hide in a bush And when she walks by, he was just going to drag this little 13 year old girl into the bush. And that's exactly what he does. And then he drags her into the woods. He takes off all of her clothes and he starts stabbing her. Now, what's very interesting about this one is that he said on this particular moment, he started humping her while he was stabbing her. But he wasn't like he had clothes on. Right. So he wasn't naked. He wasn't there was no penetration of any sort. But he would ejaculate while stabbing, while doing the motion of sex, right? Like the dry humping. And then he decided that he was going to take out her eyeballs. He was going to stab and take out the eyeballs. And this becomes very important. You're probably wondering why the eyeballs, right? That's so weird. Why why is he so obsessed with the eyeballs? Well, there was a Russian superstition back in the day that the eyeballs are the window into the soul. And your eyes will take almost like a screenshot of the last thing you ever see.
0: And he doesn't want the ghost to, to haunt uh, him?
1: No, he doesn't want like forensics to see. Like, I don't know if he really was. Oh. He was like, what if the doctors take it and they can see what she saw last, which is me humping her.
0: Huh. Okay. So
1: he was like, I don't want them to like research her eyeballs and see me. Like he genuinely thought like they take a picture and somehow that can be accessed
0: his whole motive is sex driven yeah fucking nuts
1: it's so scary yeah see i mean if this is where it's confusing there are so many serial killers who assault and then kill and i would say that they're sex driven but i almost feel like they're more power driven but this one i don't know if it's no, this power. one's
0: straight up sex. sex right the fact that he's stabbing and yeah he wasn't stabbing to kill. He wasn't stabbing to... Yeah. He's stabbing so he can enjoy <sighs> this process. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, he's a sadist is what they categorized him as, which is someone who just like gets off on p- pain of others. Like the toy box killer is like a stereotypical extreme sadist. Sadists are usually just um, normal people who are just like, I like to spank and shit, you know? But then when you get extremist, obviously they're like, no, I want to see you die right wow. so he's a very extreme version and so for the next year he's going to kill five more people and they're all really young now he starts establishing this pattern which is what tips off investigators so he likes to approach runaways that are adults or children and he takes them to a wooded area and he puts mud in their mouth so that they can't scream and then he starts stabbing them but usually the stabbings are torturous like each of them will have anywhere from 22 to like 60 different stab wounds oh my. So they don't die right away. So as he's stabbing them, we can assume that he's ejaculating. And then he'll go and mutilate the eye sockets with a knife and either leave them there while they're just completely destroyed or he'll just gauge them out and take them. And then he started disemboweling people. So as they were alive, he would open up the stomach and just take out their bowels. And a lot of them would die of blood loss. And a lot of the times he would take some organs with him. Like there were times he took women's uteruses home. What the fuck? Yeah. And he would target kids of both genders. It really did not matter to him, I guess, because technically he's not even, he's just stabbing someone to ejaculate, right? And he would entice them with candy and food. And he'd be like, do you want to see like a rare dollar or something and they'd be like oh my god yeah and then he'd be like but he can't show you here because someone's gonna steal it and then he'd take them into the woods and then he started getting mad at adults and so he starts getting prostitutes and he's like you know i'm upset that they keep having sex with people and i can't have sex with anyone so he would bring prostitutes into the woods and he would attempt intercourse and people and psychologists assume that if he were able to actually have intercourse with a prostitute maybe maybe not all of them would be dead but every single time he would completely just knock it hard and he would take that out on the victim he would just be so upset and he rarely ever tried to hide the body like it's freaking nuts it's, it doesn't make any sense How is he not caught? yeah and so that was already like what seven victims right or eight victims and then you have another victim by the name of Olga and she was 10 years old and he persuaded her to follow him to a cornfield where he proceeds to stab her over 50 times and this is where it gets scarier this is when the investigators realize okay he's amping it up and she was ripped open like her entire torso was ripped open not just disemboweled but a lot of her other organs were taken so her lower bowel was missing and so was her uterus
0: yeah. is the whole town not freaking out this is so nasty the visual of
1: yeah that. but what's crazy is a lot of these would be on work trips so they weren't necessarily all in that town so they'd be like the town and then the next town over and back in the day especially when you know the The Soviet Union was around. It just was not that organized. Mm, And there was also this stigma that I read where the Soviet Union refused to believe that they had a serial killer. So they didn't even investigate for the longest time because they said serial killers are the thing of the West. Like America has serial killers, but not Russia. That's what they said. (laughs) Really? Yeah. They were like, no, that's an American thing. Like, no, we don't have serial killers. And then Andre was like, oh, sure. Okay, that's cool. And he started kind of partaking in cannibalism. He said that he didn't love it super much. Like, he wasn't, like, trying to take their, you know, flesh and, like, store it in his freezer and feed it to his kids. But he just wasn't. He's like, you know, maybe I'll try it. And he tried to, like, eat genitals, And he tried drinking their blood. And what's even worse is a lot of the times, I mean, imagine this, like your nine-year-old goes missing. Don't imagine it. That's too dark, right? These nine-year-olds, they'd be found with them being disemboweled. And most of the little boys, they'd be completely castrated. So they'd have no penis, right? He'd cut them off. And then he would stuff those genitals into the kid's mouth. So that when they're found, I mean, imagine the horrendous sight of this, right? So the investigation starts off and they start sending in a bunch of police forces from Moscow and it was called Operation Forest Path. And I think that's where we got the name Forest Strip Killer, right? And there was about 10 investigators and they're like, okay, maybe we do have a serial killer. And they had a couple theories. So because the murders were so brutal and savage and the disembowelment and it just was becoming very precise, like the way that he would cut the torso, he would do so in a way that there wouldn't be massive blood splatter to him
0: he's freaking experienced yeah
1: so he can't like walk out of the woods just covered in blood because it's like whoa but then also like disemboweling someone that's a lot of openings that's a lot of blood that's going to be everywhere so he was becoming incredibly precise and so their theory was okay first of all these are organ harvesters like they're trying to sell these organs for transplants that's why these organs are missing there's no other way and then the theory number two was uh uh-uh this is a satanic cult. They were like, "Mm -mm, it's a Satan panic, a satanic panic. Like people are going around praising the Satan. And now we're going to just like see a bunch of kids murdered. Right. And then theory number three was like, or it's just a really mentally ill individual. We don't really know. Right. And so they start doing these investigations. Now I'm talking about the fucking Soviet union. Okay. So these investigations are going to get fucking insane. Okay.
0: Good or insanely bad.
1: Oh, bad, 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 bad. Like so bad. Okay. Okay, so people start confessing to these crimes and now I know what you're thinking oh my god like what? they're confessing because like they want notoriety uh uh be uh uh it's because the police of the Soviet Union are so fucking brutal they will literally get mentally disabled people put them into a police interrogation room for days and they will interrogate them and physically assault them and mentally torture them until they confess and it's crazy because three people that they interrogated ended up being tortured so much that they committed suicide they were like i can't do this yeah and so they they questioned everyone and you know i guess the plus side maybe if these were correctly solved is that they solved a thousand other crimes (laughs) in the process of trying to solve this one i
0: doubt it yeah
1: but that's what they said (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah the way that they do things i mean I like again i've talked about this on our youtube channel which is like how do you become a cop and then you're like fucking say it or i'm gonna kill you they're like okay i said it and they're like oh my god great this is really good and then someone else gets killed and then you're like how is that possible like what do you mean you freaking idiot because that's not a real confession you literally coerced a confession out of them like what do you mean and that's exactly with the soviet union police force they they did they had all of these people who confesses to a bunch of crimes and they're like see it's not a serial killer we've got like four different people that confessed to four different crimes like all of them killed like two people each that's not a serial killer and then all of a sudden they find more dead bodies Mm -hmm. and so they're like oh well um that's a little bit awkward because they've been in police custody Mm -hmm. huh That's weird. And so they're like, okay, I guess we need to release these people. So they release those people and then they get thrown off because now he stopped doing the eye thing. He stopped taking out the eyes. And they're like, what does that mean? Like the police are like, is there some symbolism behind that? Like, why doesn't he want the eyeballs now? And it's just because honestly, like the police are looking so deep into it. Like what's with the eyeballs? Why won't he take the eyeballs? Right. But in reality, Andre just learned that it was just a tale. He was like, oh my God, that's a superstition. I thought that was real. And they're like, no, medically, it's not real. Like his friends were talking about it. And he was like, that's so funny. And then he stopped doing it. Yeah. But then the police are like, what do you think that means? Right? Because, I mean, it seems like it means something. And then he decides to go on a rampage and he just kills a bunch of people. He kills a woman that he knows and her 10-year-old daughter. He kills a bunch of teenage boys. And all of them are getting more and more torturous. And a lot of the times he would go home and eat the upper lip of his victims. Like he would cut off the upper lip while they were alive. Oh, man. Yeah, and he Why? would eat it. I don't know. He just okay. really liked the upper lip and the nipples oh. and the tongue. He really likes tongue. Oh. And so then he gets arrested. But... I know what you're thinking. Wow, did he already kill 53 people? No, he didn't. But this is his first arrest. So he gets arrested. Two undercover cops are following everyone. They're following the fuck out of everyone. Everyone in these towns that they found a dead body in, they are female undercover agents who are wearing plain clothes that are like, kid at me. And then you also have like a male undercover agents that are just looking like regular passengers on a train, but they're scoping out people, right? And they see him and he's hanging around a bus stop and he's talking to so many women. And they're like, why is he talking to so many women? and then they see him on the bus and he's just going up to random women not even during rush hour not saying that that's good but you get it right not even during rush hour like the bus will be empty a woman will just be standing there and in front of everyone he'll just go up to the woman and start like rubbing his balls on her I mean they're fully clothed and then the woman will literally scream and run away and then he'll just be unfazed and then go approach another woman and like rub his balls on her
0: he has no freaking He doesn't care. He He
1: doesn't care. What the fuck? And so the undercover cops, they arrest him because they're like, you can't do that. And when they search his body, they find an eight inch knife, a bunch of pieces of rope, like long rope and a jar, a fucking jar, dude, like a Costco jar of Vaseline.
0: And what did they think?
1: They were like, oh, my God, he's the killer. So they take his blood type. But his blood type was A. And the semen analysis indicated that the killer's blood type was AB.
0: Shut the fuck up. How did he do that?
1: So, turns out that Uh his blood and his saliva are type A, but his semen is AB. What? I mean, I, I don't know if that's like abnormal, but I mean, I can't imagine like blood type being the indicator of things.
0: So what? (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah.
1: So like when they take his blood type from his blood, Uh or from a sample of his saliva, Uh they get blood type A back. But when they take a sample of his semen, they'll get AB back.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah.
1: But they didn't think that that would happen, and so they were like, "Oh, you're blood type A, so you're just a regular creep. Like you're not, you're not the killer. You're just a fucking other." creep, right? And so they're like, oh, well, I guess you can only just spend three months in jail. And so he spends three months in jail, and he gets released. And they had put him in the suspect list, and that suspect list was massive. But essentially, they never really followed up on him. They never were like, oh, we should go back and check up on that dude, right? So he's just on this massive list somewhere in like a data room. And he becomes very low profile for the next year. So he for the next year, he doesn't kill anyone. And then and then he's like, I need to go to Moscow for a work trip. And That's when at the airport he sees a beautiful woman by the name of Natalia. And that's when he decides to kidnap her, stab her 38 times, and just leave her, like literally in the busiest area. And so everyone's like freaking out, right? And the police are like, okay, we need to check all the flight records because it happened at an airport. Mm. But he took a train. He did not fly.
0: Why was he at the airport?
1: He just happened upon the airport. Yeah, so then he was like, oh my god. the police didn't catch me and so we get ballsier he gets even crazier he's like I'm unstoppable literally I, I laid low because I got arrested for three months but holy shit I just murdered someone in Moscow and like when you think about Moscow it's like think about in the US the most intense police force you can think of and then getting away with a crime from that police force then you could fucking go anywhere and commit crimes cause you're like whatever what can Arkansas police do to me right I mean, I don't know. They could be really good there. Right. And so he gets really ballsy and he starts murdering more people. And that's when the police do something really crazy. So this was the first case ever in Soviet Union history. Right. Where they had gotten a psychiatrist to do a full consult and profiling of a serial killer. And this was the moment that they finally just said, "Okay, Russia's got a serial killer
0: so they didn't admit that all these killings are coming from the same person yeah
1: they were like really trying not to is what a lot of people were saying I mean I don't know I haven't really talked to them (laughs) you get it but like a lot of reports are saying this was like a huge thing in Russia because the people were like oh I'm pretty sure that's like one person Mm -hmm. but they're like no 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 don't worry about it and so this doctor comes on board and his name is Dr. Alexander and he makes a profile like a 60 page profile and he was pretty accurate he said listen this serial killer is about 40 to 50 years old he was probably somehow abused or experienced lots of trauma as a kid he cannot flirt with women but for some reason i believe he is married probably has children of his own and probably has some sort of erectile dysfunction because we cannot find sexual assault but we do find ejaculation on the bodies wow so we don't find you know tearing or anything like that but we do find lots of semen and they also said you know he probably travels for work because a lot of these murders happen on weekdays and they're kind of all across a couple different towns so it sounds like a traveling for work type of situation does he travel for work oh yeah what does he do he's a supply clerk for a factory remember so he like goes and he like buys these raw materials and they said that he uses a knife as his penis like psychologically the knife that he's holding and inserting into these people is his penis holy shit i know
0: this profiler is so good yeah
1: he's really good and imagine like It's just, I don't know, something about that knife and the penis scares me so much. Just the way that it was sentenced together, like he uses a knife as his penis, like psychologically, that's his penis. I don't know. Yeah. And so the news finally starts to break and everyone's like, holy shit, we got a serial killer on the loose!" And he starts meticulously reading the news. And so he's like, you know what, I'm gonna fuck with the police. So he stops killing for like a year. He takes a fucking break. And then finally he's like, I can't do it anymore. Like I need to kill. And so he finds a woman by the name of Irina. She's 18 years old and he kidnaps her, brings her into the woods. And this is when he's like, it has been so long. Uh-huh. And so he cuts her while she's alive from the neck down to her genitalia. Oh, my he completely God. cuts off one breast and he cuts out her eyeballs and he buries her. And so we can see that there is a massive escalation of these crimes. And then it gets even worse. So, his next couple victims, he will actually remove, cut off their noses from their face while they're alive. And I'm not talking like Dr. Miami. Like, he will literally cut off the fucking nose. Like, not like a scrape on the nose, not even like a tip of the nose, like, not a piece of the nose. Like, he will cut off the nose
0: he's trying to make the scene as nasty as possible
1: that's just what he gets off on oh, yeah I see, I see. and he likes to now because he is directly associating the ejaculation i mean it's kind of like wanting sex to last longer right you're like yeah like let's have fun right it's a it's a wednesday night and so for him that would mean that the victim would have to stay alive and so it becomes a lot worse for the victims he starts cutting off tongues while the victims are alive and he starts doing some weird shit i mean i don't even know how to even think about the psychology behind some of this he would cut off the tongues of these young boys and then he would grab the tongue and run around just like dangling the tongue in the air like whipping it around like a pair of underwear like while the boy is dying so like the boy is looking up laying there crying bleeding to death and seeing this old ass dude like 50 year old dude Waving his tongue in the air. I mean, I don't understand the psychology behind that. I really don't. It's
0: like the fucking worst nightmare. Yeah. What?
1: And so he starts, you know, killing a lot more. And then finally, there is a woman by the name of Svetlana, And she was 22 years old and she was murdered. And after he murdered her in the woods, I mean, he does the whole spiel. He returns to the train platform. And that's where it gets very interesting because there was an undercover cop at that train platform. And he had seen him approach the washing area and he washed his hands and his face. I mean, that's just very unnatural. Like, washing your hands is one thing. But, like, who washes their face at a train station? It's a little weird. And he had these grass stains on his elbow and he had this massive cut on his finger. Like, his finger looked forked up. Like, his finger looked like he put it into a shredder. And then he had this small little cut on his face. I mean, it just looked weird. It looked out of... I mean, this is kind of like a side note. It's not really pertinent to the story. But this train station was really popular amongst mushroom foragers like this area people only stop here if they live here for one or if they're going mushroom foraging like they're looking for mushrooms right and he wasn't dressed in a way that most locals would come look for mushrooms so like let's say you live on a farm and you can't grow mushrooms you come here to look for mushrooms and then you go back to your farm but he didn't look like that so he's like that's just weird like why would he be here there's nothing here there's no shopping mall here there's literally nothing but mushrooms And so he starts kind of following him. And he's like, listen, I need your ID. Now, this was normal. So the protocol back then now was any dude that you see at a train station, bus stop, doesn't matter. With a young kid, you fucking ask for their ID.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm so sorry. The robot arm tripod just smacked my fiance in the face with the mic. (laughs) It's the most aggressive thing I've seen all day. How does it feel? Don't like it. (laughs) Don't like the feeling. And so he follows him and he's like, I need to see some ID. Give me your papers. And so he gives him the papers and he writes down his name and his passport ID and all of that jazz. And there's no reason to arrest him. So he literally can't do anything. And he walks away and the police, they go back and the undercover police officer, he writes up this whole report. He's like, yeah, I took this dude's number and I took this dude's this and this because he was creepy and he got grass stains or whatever. Now, a couple days later, they find Svetlana's body and it was the same as all of the other M.O.s of like being completely mutilated, disemboweled all of these things and there's semen on her body and so they're like holy shit and then the police officer is like holy shit i remember at that station that day that she went missing from all the reports that i saw this dude that just was creepy okay and so they start kind of comparing notes and come to find out he is sure enough on that long suspect list remember when he got arrested the first time
0: he freaking found him
1: yeah, of all of those names, and so they're like, "Oh, dude, we're gonna catch him." So they decide to put on a surveillance tail, like you were talking, a bunch of KGB dudes following this guy. I would not want to be in this guy's shoes now, okay, Andre. And so he starts talking to a woman on a bus, and he doesn't even know that he's being followed by the KBG And so he's just talking to a woman, and then every time a woman would stop talking to him, he would start up another conversation with another woman, and then he would start talking to children. And that's when the police were like, "We're not even gonna risk it, dude." Let's arrest this fucker so they arrest him right and they're like you're gonna confess they stick him in a kgb cell i don't know if that's different from a regular police cell i think that it is though And they have 10 days. Otherwise, they have to legally let him go. They have 10 days. And so they're like, we're going to do all the KGB shit. Okay, so they start fucking with him. And they're like, listen, most of our evidence is circumstantial. So we need to make sure that he confesses. Otherwise, we don't have a case. And then in 10 days, he's a free dude. And so they start doing all this crazy test. And they redo the test. And I don't know if they got his semen. I think that they did. Um, But um, they tested his semen. And it was a match to the blood of the semen on all the bodies so it was a b but again think about how many there's only like how many blood types out there right
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: but they're like that's good enough and so they were like keep going keep going pressure him some more right and he's like you've got the wrong guy i've i've only ever molested students before and i've never killed anyone and they're like what and he's like yeah 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 like i'm just a child molester like I, i'm not a killer Yeah, again, what? Right? And so then the doctor comes in. And this is where it gets weird. The doctor that did the profile, Dr. Alexander. He comes in with his 65 fucking page profile. And he smacks that fucking novella down on the table. And he reads page by page the profile. Why this? He thinks it's going to fuck with him psychologically. So he sits there and he reads page by page within two hours. Uh Uh-huh. He's crying and confessing to the murders.
0: Holy shit, this doctor is yeah, fucking
1: talented. Insane. No, I mean, that's what everyone says to you on Reddit. They're like, that doctor seems scary good.
0: Yeah, you he's know? probably the most competent person I've heard in a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he comes in just reading his novella that he had wrote him.
0: But why is that? Why why is the fact that you're reading it makes him so I think emotional? it just
1: makes him realize that he cuz there's a lot in that 65 page report that talks about how his childhood shaped him. So I think it was a feeling of he felt understood. Like mm-hmm. oh no, I'm not this evil like I was created. You know, I'm a it. product of my environment. Because later on in the trial, you find that he really only behaves around this doctor. And it's got to be some sort of connection that was built from this.
0: He connected?
1: With yeah. The he only. Th- that's why even his attorney was like, hey, I know the doctor works for the other side. But like, is there any way that we can borrow him? Because our client is being too rowdy during the trial. Like he was trying to go at the judge and stuff. It was crazy. And they were like, no. Wow. yeah and so he starts confessing and so he gives all of the locations all of the names and all of this massively confidential information so a lot of this information was not released to the press like certain details and he gave it all up he could point on maps where all of the murders were and he starts talking about how he did it
0: <sighs> is that is that doctor not freaking traumatized
1: then i think so <laughs> Imagine like being like, hey, so this serial killer only connects to you and wants to see you. I'd be like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then he just spills all the darkest, 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 darkest. Oh, God. Stories.
1: He's like, "Okay, so let me tell you how I did it, sir, because you just kind of know me. You know, I feel like we connect. We're like best buds now. So let me tell you what I do is I like to kidnap people. And here's the crazy thing. I never really even look for a victim. They're just everywhere. They're just walking around. And I'm like, oh my God, you're a victim. Let's go. Right. And so he persuades people or he kidnaps people or drags people into the woods. And he says he always starts near the chest and he always does really small stabs, shallow. And he's doing this while he's humping the victim, you know, and then he'll go a little bit deeper. And then he'll hump a little bit harder, right? And then he'll stab deeper. And, you know, they will experience a lot of stabs. Each body, like I said, has anywhere from 20 to like 70 stabs, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he'll cut them open and start disemboweling them. And he he didn't strangle them. He didn't give them a final stab in the heart. Like they're bleeding everywhere. They're usually conscious when he disembowels them. And then as he's taking out these organs, he will usually, that's when he humps them till climax. Yeah, I don't know what that organ thing is. I just don't understand the psychology behind this. And maybe it's because I really don't understand the psychology of being born in a war-torn area and starvation and how that affects someone. Because I feel like a lot of what I've researched, first of all, I'm fucking privileged and, you know, Right. But then secondly, it's a lot of the research that I've done so far comes from either low income areas in the U S you know, that I can kind of uh, get a better grasp on. But for some reason, even I was thinking like maybe it was because he was like so hungry most of his life that he wants to take out the intestines of other people. Like I just don't understand why he climaxes when he disembowels people. Like I, my brain was really just trying to connect to anything because I just don't understand. It's not something that you can easily Google. And trust me, I have tried. Like if, if NSA is reading my Google searches, There is so much about disembowelment right now I just don't understand
0: Okay What if Yeah Alright, this is really nasty, okay Okay What if you're saying that He's using the knife as his, you know Mm -hmm. Penis Then he's treating the stomach as
1: A vagina
0: Disembowelment will symbolize you know, food, no, the other party climaxing, for example, or whatever. Mm,
1: oh, no,
0: I don't know, right? Like, that's yeah. where you because, like, what does that
1: visual do for him? Right. There's something in that visual,
0: right? Because you're saying, what is he yeah. stabbing a little, he's humping a little, stabbing a lot, humping a lot, so he's like doing all oh these, like, gosh. interactive back and forth,
1: yeah. Oh I don't God! Know. It's
0: really gross, oh.
1: okay, and then it gets gross,er. He says he likes to um eat the lips and tongue and nipples a lot, so he'll cut them off, and sometimes he doesn't like eating them, but he'll always chew on them for a little while. I don't know why he f- yeah, I'm holding on to my desk right now because now it's gotten to the really gory part, and I don't know what to do. Um And then he would lay there as they're dying. And he says he loves listening to them die because it's like that relaxing moment. So you just lay there. So he confesses to a total of 53 murders. Now it's suspected that there's a lot more. But this is what they get them on the conviction of. Like, it's like American serial killers, too. You know, they're always convicted of a certain number, but it's speculated that it's upwards of a different number that's, like, in a totally different ballpark. And you're like, what the fork, right? Um, So they end up having a 60-day psychiatric evaluation on him because they need two fucking months. They're like, we don't even know where to start. Like, we we probably need, like, two full days just to get your name and your number and your address and your contact information because we don't understand anything. And they find out that he actually has a lot of brain damage. And again, like I said, I don't know if it comes from the starvation. Um, that is what I researched that it does cause you know, brain damage. If it happens for too long, your brain doesn't develop the way that it's supposed to. So he has that. And he's also diagnosed with bored personality disorder, but the psychiatrists are very, very scared because regardless of all of this, he is still mentally fit. He's not insane. He's not fucking psychotic.
0: So they're scared because he's very scary more scary
1: yeah because it's a little bit less scary when they're so out of it and they think they're on Mars and they're fighting aliens right then it's like okay this is really scary that the human brain is capable of that but at least I can sleep at night knowing that there's not someone out there that genuinely knows what they're doing and loves killing people in this way right but they're like oh no he genuinely knows what he's doing now you're probably thinking what about those wife and kids where are they right and so his wife and kids I mean this is a whole other story. Imagine the heartbreak. So, for the longest time, his wife, you know, when he first got arrested and he spent three months in jail, right? His wife believed that he was arrested for protesting. So there was like a bunch of buildings that were being built in the local area and they didn't want the buildings there. Like the locals were like, we don't want these buildings here. Like, why are you guys putting these buildings here? And so we started protesting on the streets. And then um, apparently that's why she thought that he went to prison for three months, not because he fucking was like molesting people. She was like, oh, my God. And what's crazy is she's like, I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Like you're telling me that one of the most brutal sexual serial killers that ever existed in Russia is my fucking husband that I've never once had sex with like we've never once had sex like there is never any sexual tension between us he doesn't try to have sex he doesn't try to talk about sex he there he doesn't even like sex he hates it he can't get hard like what do you mean right and she's yeah. in denial and so she's like no this you've got the wrong person there must have been a mess up like no this is the soviet union just blaming a bunch of people that are innocent right yeah and she says something that i find very interesting she says you know, he could never hurt anyone. He, could, he couldn't even hurt a fly. And I find that interesting when people say that because I don't know one person who hasn't killed a fly before. Like, it's just a weird, I know it's an exaggerated saying, but like when you're, I don't know, it just rubs me a little weird. I just don't find it a good way to describe someone.
0: But also I see it as how how crazy that he switch on and off his whole persona and his crazy mind. Yeah he must be really like you know a total different person in front of everyone else
1: that's what his kids thought of him like very passive like just calm like kind of almost too soft like not really a strict stern dad you know like not the type that's going to be the one yelling at you and And then yeah
0: and then what the kids thinks
1: um They didn't really say too much other than that he was always very passive with them, never violent, never really abusive or anything. Um, So they ended up all changing their names and moved away and never like stuck around for the trial, which like, yes, thank you. Um, Because sometimes you do hear about families that have been so brainwashed by these manipulative killers that they stay for the trials and stuff. No. And so there was going to be a massive trial in Russia. Fifty three counts of murder. And it was insane. The fact that he I mean, I saw pictures of this. It's fucking nuts. He was dressed like, first of all, a Russian mobster. (laughs) Second of all, they had to stick them. He had to be in court in a cage because they didn't want the family of the victims to try to kill him before the trial was over so he was in this iron bar cage and they had this massive bench in there and he would just sit there but he would sit there like a Russian gangster like he wouldn't sit upright like oh my god like I'm attentive like he'd lean back he would unbutton his shirt so his little chest hairs pop out it was so weird the pictures are out of this world right so he's sitting in there the relatives anytime their relative came up like they're like let's say we're talking about oh okay Svetlana she was murdered in this way like a bunch of their relatives would start fainting or just busting out crying Like, imagine the trauma. And then you're talking 53 families. Like, imagine that, right? And then he has the balls. He has, Andre has the balls to go up and he starts talking about his childhood. And he's like, listen, it's because my mom was so mean and she talked about cannibalism. My brother was eaten by a cannibal. You know, my life is sad. And then the judge would yell at him and he would say, shut your fucking mouth. You're not insane. So the judge would get really, really mad. I mean, there were so many issues with this judge, too. Like, even Russia was like, okay, this judge obviously was not capable of being the judge for this trial. Because the entire time, anytime Andre would try to say something, he'd be like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm not kidding.
0: Wait, wait, wait. The judge is telling him to shut up?
1: Yeah, so he'd be like, why did you do it? And then Andre would be like, I did it because. And then the judge would be like, shut up. And then everyone's like, wait, is this even allowed? (laughs) Like, what? But they just let it happen. And he was the fucking judge for the whole thing. Like, he didn't get disbarred. He didn't get thrown off the case. Yeah, like, he was really mean. Like, he didn't.
0: So so he seems like he doesn't want to hear his bullshit.
1: Yeah, but he also knew that he didn't even try to give him a fair trial in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't even like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear you yelling. It was just more like, no, I know you're guilty. This is just for show like type of vibe i mean i mean yeah i don't disagree with the judge but i mean mean, the whole thing
0: is all fucking messed up
1: yeah and then and then you know at first he was very cooperative so the judge would be like what do you have to say for yourself andre and then he'd be like well i have to say and then the judge would be like shut the fuck up and then he'd get really upset (laughs) i'm sorry what? (laughs) yeah like the judge was really just trolling him and so then he started getting upset by this so then he started just like stripping down naked in his iron cage in front of the court and like helicoptering his limp penis around and so no uh, yeah way. so he had to be taken out of the court inside of his iron cage i mean it was a total shit oh show oh my
0: god that's he's like oh my god yeah
1: that's, yeah and the then,
0: trauma of that to uh-huh, the families. To the
1: families, and then and then it gets worse. He just starts singing communist party songs when any time they talk about like the murders. Like he just started singing communist propaganda songs, and then everyone's like, "What the fork is happening?" And then they were like, "Okay, we need to get these psychiatrists to testify because he seems insane." Like everyone, all the press is like, "Wait, is he crazy?" Then like, because nobody just strips down naked in the middle of the court during something like this. Like that's not in your best interest and you only do things that are your, in your best interest when the stakes are so high, probably because something's wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. So then the psychiatrist, they testify and they say, hi, um, we've never seen him like this, which makes us believe that this is all a calculated show. Yeah. He is very different from when we had seen him for two months straight. He is very different from all the times that we had visited him in jail, in prison, awaiting trial. So this, to us, as professionals seems highly calculated
0: good so they didn't fall for it
1: yeah so they didn't fall for it and then another crazy thing happens i mean this trial was a shit show so one of the relatives of one of the victims they got a giant piece of metal and as he was being transported out of the iron cage through this giant chunk of metal straight at andre and he got hit in the chest right and he flies back and the police are freaking out. They're trying to get Andre away. And they're also trying to arrest the relative of one of the victims because you can't do that. Like you can't be in the court of law and throwing pieces of metal at people who haven't been convicted yet or just anyone. Right. Even if they do get convicted. And then all this makes me want to cry. All the relatives of all the other victims shielded him so the police could not get to him. So they like formed this massive circle and they locked arms and they would not let the police through without they were like, You gotta fucking hurt us to get through. I know. Yeah. So all of that takes place in the trial. And finally the jury comes back and he was convicted. Well, I don't even think they had a jury, honestly. Um it he was Done for, right? So he gets convicted of 52 of 53 of the murders. So 52 counts of murder. And for each offense, he received a death penalty. So they were like, you're going to die 52 times today. Like, you're going to come back to life. We're going to fucking kill you again. And then we're going to do that 52 times, right? And that's when, during the entire time, he was just flinging his dick around and like acting like nothing's wrong. He gets so angry when he realizes that he's going to die that he throws the bench as he's walking out of the iron cage across the courtroom, screaming all this like foul language. And then he goes back into his cell and his lawyer tries to appeal it. And the Supreme Court of Russia was like, I don't think so. So it gets rejected. So then he was like, you know what? This is really unfair. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the president and it was then President Boris, is his name? President Boris. He said, "President, dear president of Russia, love you so much by the way. I love the work that you're doing. Can you give me a presidential pardon?" <laughs> And he's like, no. (laughs) So he gets rejected from a presidential pardon. And Valentine's Day of 1994, February 14th of 1994, they did not get a firing squad, but they had one person go up and shoot him right behind his right ear. And he died.
0: Yeah. What a disaster.
1: And almost not too long after his death, then comes another serial killer.
0: The chessboard? Yes.
1: And when he's caught in 2006 with 48 counts of murder, he will say that he was inspired to beat Andre.
0: To beat or be?
1: To beat his number count of victims. And he's creepy. He said, anytime I killed someone, I felt like I was their dad. Like I was their father, their lord. Because I opened the door for them to enter the other side and now they're dead yeah it's just so frustrating and then the fact that they like arrested him once and then he was just like slap on the wrist Mm -hmm. and then just like a family man and then the fact that he was a fucking teacher while he was molesting kids and like they were reporting it and they were like it's fine and -hmm. then it was like okay like now we have too many reports of you molesting them so you gotta go Mm -hmm. like i don't understand any of this yeah
0: that profiler is really amazing
1: yeah and the fact that he sat there and just read him the pages till he confessed in two hours yeah Yeah. and mind you that was on the 10th day so the police the police and the kgb had gone at him for 10 days and they couldn't do it they could not do it and so that's why they brought him in dr alexander and that was the 10th day like he was gonna be released the next morning and he was like, let me just try this shit. <laughs> and it worked. I don't know. Let me know in the comments. Well, there's no comments here. Wait, are there comments here? I don't fucking know.
0: Reviews.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's reviews. If you guys want to support this podcast, the best way to do it, because we are little newbie boobs hanging out in this podcast world. Honestly, I don't even fucking know how this shit works, okay? <laughs> um, I just heard that reviews help. If you guys can give me an honest review in the review section the best way to support us is to leave a review it takes two seconds of your time and five minutes of me jumping up and down for joy (laughs) so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the most insane russian serial killer that i think i've researched so far and if you guys are interested in more cases like this make sure to let me know and i'll see you guys in a couple days because we have another baking a mystery coming up bye
0: Bye.